0: Four Points Online. We are honored that you're joining us today. And if God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org slash my story. It's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. And if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and choose to get there as well. We are so excited to hear a powerful message from God's Word today. If you've been with us, if you're a guest today, I'm so honored that you're here, so pumped, and I encourage you to go back and watch some of these, especially last week, because I'm, I'm going to tie in last week just a little bit with today. But last week we did Feeding the 5,000, we're doing the Miracles of Jesus and John, and we, we, we fed the 5,000 and we looked at it a little bit different way, maybe than we've talked about before, and so... Today, uh, we're not going to eat with Jesus, we're going to walk with Jesus. Is everybody good with that? Say walking with Jesus. Jesus. We're going to walk with Jesus, we're going to learn what it's like to actually walk with Jesus. And sometimes it's not exactly what we think that it is. So, last week I showed you in, in the 23rd Psalm how I believe that when John chapter 6 verse 10 says that there was much grass in the field, that it ties in with that. So, this is what it says, look at this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And that's what we looked at last week. That, that he knew the whole time what he was doing when he was feeding the 5,000 and it's not necessarily what we're thinking. And listen, entirely in the book of John, we learn that we're sheep and he's our shepherd. That that's the picture of what he does for us. And so I'm telling y'all, when we look at the next miracle today, I've never considered it like this, but it just jumped off the page to me this week. I believe the Lord wanted me to show y'all this and this is what it is. He leads me beside still waters. So what in the world is the miracle where he leads us beside still waters in the book of John right after the feeding of the 5,000? This makes no sense, right? It doesn't to me either. And if, if y'all are okay, then I'm going to keep going. Say, I'm okay. Amen. Because what we got to ask ourselves is, yeah. how can this work together, right? Because we're going to look at Jesus in the storm and, and, and us being pushed out into the storm. And listen, what I said right when we first started is what I feel in some of your lives today. I can feel the weight and the tension in some of your lives. I know what some of y'all came in with, and I don't even know some of y'all, but I'm telling you just in facial expression, I can see some hurt. And so this is the question, because I believe we left last week and we felt this charge, right? I don't know if y'all felt it, but I felt it. So I I felt like I could feel your energy, not just the Lord move. And, and, And we all were ready to go. And then I'm telling you from like Wednesday on, it was craziness in our church this week so this is the question, if we're ready to go and we believe God's doing something and and praise the Lord and and we're ready to eat with Jesus, why storms? Why not just peace and good and everything's tranquility, God, and this is beautiful and this is fun and God, why can't it just be fun when we hang out with Jesus? Am I the only one in here that thinks that, come on, y'all don't make me feel bad. I know I'm supposed to be the preacher, Right? Sometimes we just want to rest. We, we, we don't want to fight. We don't want to, it, it doesn't, it's not fun. So what do we do? When circumstances don't match God's promises for our lives, what do we do? How do we respond to life when life hits us right in the mouth? Because I'm telling y'all, if y'all haven't faced it, you're going to. And so last week was the lesson, but this week is the test. Because that's what Jesus always did. He didn't just give people a lesson, especially the people that were walking with him. Because remember, many people walked away. But his disciples, he always said, okay, I know you get it. Watch this. But do you get it? Because I'm going to be able to tell if you really, if you really are chewing on this and you're really ready to walk. Because it's different to walk and talk than just talk. Because we want to tell the world how to do it. But as soon as difficulty comes, y'all, we've seen it a million times, we walk away. As a collective body of people, most of us, as soon as pressure comes, go back to our old self. And then we'll just say stuff like, what the devil made me do it. Are y'all with me? It ain't, that ain't really me. Well, it is really you. The other thing that's good ain't really you. That's the Lord. Right? We got to change our verbiage, everybody. So what do we do when it doesn't look like what it's supposed to? So in John chapter 6, here's what's just happened. This is literally the verse before it talks about the storm. And it says that that he fed the 5,000 and there was way stuff left over and it was awesome. And we learned so much about that last week. And then it says, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. Now, this, this particular story is not found in the book of Luke, but it is in Matthew and in Mark. In Matthew's gospel, this is where Peter walks on water. And in Mark's gospel, he gives a different kind of picture of what takes place here. But all three are the same and same exact situation. They just tell it a little bit differently from their point of view. Right. And so here's what happens here is the other two gospels say now Jesus told them to go and go to the other side immediately. He said, now go. We're not staying here. And it says, when evening came, they got down to the sea and got into the boat and started across the sea to Capernaum. And so I need y'all to just picture this. The Sea of Galilee is 13 miles long, 7 miles wide. So it's not, it's not massive. It's a big lake, but it's not, a, it's not a true sea that we would think of. And so when the Bible says the other side, it literally means catty-cornered. Capernaum, Capernaum is at the top north point, and Tiberias is dead in the middle. So if you could look left to right, it's about six and a half miles away. And from, from Tiberias or about six miles away, but, but it's really catty-cornered. You really could walk around the lake and get there. So when it says the other side, it doesn't mean straight across. It means like kind of diagonal. And so you think to yourself right now, they're going home, but why would he want me to go there when we're happy here and the crowd's here, right? I get celebrated in Tiberias. Why do I want to go back to Capernaum? Why, what, what's wrong with him? And listen, if, if you've never had this situation in your life, then you're just better off than I am. Where you look out and say, God, it's good here. Why do you want me to go somewhere? Huh? It's good. What's wrong with you, Jesus? Right? And, and so reluctantly, according to the other gospels, they were like, all right, Jesus, but this seems a little crazy. What are we doing? They got into the boat and they started across the sea to Capernaum. And it was dark now. And Jesus had not come with them. As a matter of fact, it says that Jesus went up on the mountain to pray. And so it says that the seas became rough because strong wind was blowing. Remember your shepherd, the Lord is our shepherd. And Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd and he leads us beside still water. So why in the world would Jesus push us in a storm if his purpose is a still water? And when they rode about three or four miles, so y'all can picture it if it's six miles, they were almost there. Because here's what they did, y'all. I want y'all to picture this. Here's what they did. They would go in these little semicircles because they didn't have lights on their boat. I don't know if y'all know this, but back in the day... It's pretty much just row, row, row your boat (laughs) gently down the stream until Jesus starts walking on water. Then you freak out. But so and and so they would stay about 100 yards off the beach and then they'd come back and they'd make sure everything was good until there's this little wind tunnel beside a huge mountain. And it was actually the same mountain where the feeding of 5000 took place just on the other side. And it's this weird wind tunnel and it pushed everybody out during storms to the middle of the lake. And so that's exactly what would take place right here. They were, they were probably not far at all from Tiberius. I'm sorry, from Capernaum when the storm started rolling in. And, it, and to this day, they still roll the same way, straight through that wind tunnel, straight down through. So they had gone three or four miles, it says, and they saw Jesus on the sea coming near the boat and they were frightened. Now. I'm not going to preach on Peter walking on the water because I'm going to stick with John, but I just want y'all to know this, that that the other two gospels say that they saw a ghost, that they believe that they saw a ghost, right? And I've got bad jokes, so I'm just going to leave them to myself because y'all aren't old enough to remember the movie Ghost and that Patrick Swayze walked out there. So I was going to say they thought Jesus was Patrick Swayze, but I'll just leave that to myself because old people, y'all can tell your kids later on, but... But, like, the whole thing is, is this crazy situation because you've got this small boat. I'm telling you, the boat's so small back in the day. And, and it's tiny, and they're, and they're out there, and they're freaking out because we've all been in situations. I don't know if y'all have ever been on a lake in a storm with a freaking motor on it, right? So that's way better. And I've still been on there where there's a tornado warning at Lake Greenwood with some of the people that I can see in this room, and you get real nervous when you hear, That's a good siren, by the way. And then you're like, holy crap, (laughs) we're a mile from the stinking, and we got to get the boat dock ramp, this is crazy, what do we do? And we put the hammer down to get back, and we're still freaking out, right? Because at that moment, it's crazy, and there's hail coming down, and there's wind coming down, and you can imagine being in the boat at that time, and you're thinking to yourself, Jesus, what's wrong with you? We could have stayed here and made a tent, we'd have been fine. You made me get this water, go to the other side, what's wrong with Jesus? Am I the only? I don't believe that y'all have never had these thoughts with Jesus before. Right? you just look and go, what's wrong? I need y'all to know that this word frightened right here, it's not like when someone jumps into your room and scares you and you go, ah, that's not frightened. That's funny, Right. This is a deep level of fear that you have no concept of reality in that moment. And we've probably all been there, haven't we? Because yes. we look around and go, I don't know what to do, so I'm just gonna freak out, right? And listen, I can't, I can't, I can't change your circumstances right now. I, I wouldn't even dare to try. Some of y'all have been through such deep hurt that I understand why you've gotten to this point. But I'm here to tell you that sometimes it's not the devil. Can y'all hear what I'm saying right now? Sometimes it's not the devil. Because we always think when a bad thing happens, the devil just, he's fighting us. Sometimes that is the case. But sometimes it's God allowing that situation in our lives so he can show us what he really wants to show us in our lives. And I believe that the case right here. I don't believe the devil was fighting them in this moment. I believe God intentionally was putting them in a storm. So one thing that I want y'all to take away today is that you've got to identify your storm. Is this a storm that I created? Because they're self-inflicted storms, y'all. Listen, if you max out a credit card, Jesus didn't do it. You did. Swipe, right? If you owe 30 Gs on a credit card because you decided you need new furniture every two years, you don't. Right? Maybe once in a while. Leah's not in here, so I was really talking to her. Because she wants new furniture. If we've got to have it now, instead of being wise, sometimes those storms are on us. If your car breaks down and it's 20 years old, I don't know that that's a Jesus storm, y'all. Are y'all with me? But then there's some times where things happen in our lives and we look out and we immediately associate it with the devil. Oh, the devil's just fighting me. But I just wanna pose this question, what if it's not the devil at all? What if that's actually the calm that's supposed to be in the storm. Because we always talk about the calm before the storm, but I'm, I'm wondering what happens if we actually look to Jesus in the storm. Because most of the time in our lives when it's awful, when hell's breaking loose, when it's family situations, when it's friends situations, when it's life situations, we look around and then we attack the problem and don't look to Jesus Y'all, these dudes were walking with Jesus every day. They had just watched him. This is this is what I do, and so if y'all don't do this, then God bless you because you're just not as crazy as me. But like when I when I look at these storms, I try to put myself in them, right? When I when I look at these stories, and, and I'm and I'm watching them, and, they, they, and I'm thinking to myself, this, bros, in the boat, a couple hours earlier, dude took some wafers and sardines. And fed 20,000 freaking people. Why don't y'all think he's okay still? Can I talk to y'all for a second? Because you don't worry about the 20,000 people. You're worried about your circumstances and your storm. I'm talking to me. I've seen Jesus do all kinds of stuff, but I'm no different than they are. Actually, I am different. I've got the Holy Spirit in me as a Christian. I've seen him do things, but I forget to look as soon as the difficulty comes because the lesson was the bread, but the test is the storm. And it's almost like Jesus looks at us and goes, all right, I know you got what I just did, and I know you liked it, and I know you liked the crowd. Now, let's see if you put your money where your mouth is. Let's see if one week later after we get pumped up, but hell comes against us, or God puts something in our lives to see if we're actually going to walk through it. If we're actually going to walk through it. And so they're frightened. They're going crazy. What do I do? And it says, but Jesus said to them, and I just encourage y'all to look up the stories in the two different passages in Matthew and Mark and look at what it says, because it's fascinating what they add in the details. But John just gives us the bare minimum, because I feel like it was on purpose so that we could know this very thing. He said to them, it is I do not be afraid. It is I, do not be afraid. And and this word here, the the one negative thing about our English language is it doesn't fully help us see what the actual meaning is sometimes in the biblical language. And and at this moment, what Jesus was actually saying is y'all are freaking out. But here's what I want for y'all. I want you to see what I intended for you to see. And don't you know, y'all, if he went up on the mountain to pray... And the wind would roll right by the mountain that he was up on, that he would know the storm's coming because he could see it. He had the vantage point of lake below him and he could see that the storm was coming. And if they would have just had a second to think, the same dude that just did that is with me and asked me to follow him. His words were, come follow me and I will make you, I will teach you how to fish for men. Why would he let me die in this moment? But we don't think that way, do we? Because in the moments that we're hurting and everything's falling apart, the last thing we're thinking about is that dude's still with me. What we're thinking about is i got to fix it. I don't know if y'all know this. But I've talked about it before, and so y'all might remember it. And I know there's some people that are smart in the room when it comes to boats and that sort of thing. And this is what's really fascinating is a boat doesn't sink unless... It does a few things and now you can forget to put the plug in which I did one time in our boat I don't know if y'all know, but that's not good because it takes on water If there's a hole in the in the hole in the bottom, then it'll take on water and it'll cause it to sink But no matter how bad the waves are and how bad the storm is if it's not actually taking in water It's gonna keep floating as a matter of fact it could sometimes they put boats in the water during a hurricane because they know that that's the safest place for the boat. And I know we've all seen videos of boats like up, up on top of the building. That wasn't a good one. Can I just tell y'all that? That's not a good storm. But there's sometimes that you go past and you were like, look at this. The, the ground is destroyed, but those boats made it because they're made to float. But, but we get so caught up looking at everything that's taking place in our lives that we can't remember that God made us to walk with him. And he chooses to make the water to where we can actually drink it and have fellowship with him. But here's the problem with sheep is sheep are so hypersensitive to what they hear and they do not see well. And I believe this is the spiritual eyes of, of every human being in this room that that we have such poor vision, but we have the ability to hear danger that we run for the hills and we forget Jesus in the process. And then we remember like the promises of God. God, you said because sheep will not drink in fast-moving water. They'll, they will literally thirst to death if the water's too fast because they're so afraid. They're afraid that their wool will get hit and that it'll pull them in and they'll suck down the river and they'll die. That's why they don't do it. It's like inbred in them. It's, it's ingrained in them, excuse me, that, that they can't do it. And so so they're so fearful they just back up and, and they try to figure it out for themselves. But the shepherd. His job is, is to stop up that fast moving river and give them some water. And I just wonder this sometimes if Jesus lets us get in those fast moving waters with massive waves so that we can actually trust him to actually stop it and do what he's supposed to do. Because faith isn't everything's good. That's not faith, that's that's fairy tale. Faith is when everything's not good, I still believe that he'll leave me beside some still waters. That's what changes stuff in my life. It's when I don't see it, I still believe it. And if we can't be that, then we're gonna be the most up and down group of people in the whole world because we will only believe when it looks like what I want it to look like. And it says that immediately, I love this, they were glad to take him in the boat. <laughs> Oh, finally, there he is. We thought he was a ghost, but it's all good. But come on in, Jesus. Right, because maybe you can do your magic show. Because I know if I just had a little Jesus to my life, it's good. And I just love what it says right here. Somebody say "Immediately." immediately. Immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. All three gospel accounts say this. That immediately that they were there. And the other two say that, listen, y'all watch this. Immediately, the storm stopped. Now, in Matthew, Peter gets out of the boat. He says, tell me to walk on water. And there's this crazy account, and I'm not preaching it today, but I think it's awesome and funny. And some of us have that personality type. Well, we'll jump out, but we'll still forget Jesus, even though we're walking toward him. But it wasn't until Jesus, listen, Jesus got in the boat at the storm. And and Jesus didn't even have to say anything to it. It just stopped. And this was what, God just has not let me, he's not left me alone with this. I wanted to add stuff to this message. And God just hasn't left me alone with this thought. How many times in our lives have we known the solution? And we've wanted to get a little Jesus on the side, but we haven't let Jesus get in the boat. How many times in our lives have we known where to go, but we haven't let Jesus get in the boat? They thought that their master, the person they called rabbi, they were most close. They lived with Jesus. They thought he was a ghost because they were so frightened by their circumstances they couldn't even recognize him. How many times is that us? How many times do we miss God because we're so concerned with what's going on around us? That we'll say in front of people, now listen to me, I'm going to be real with y'all for a second. We'll tell people, well, God is good, God is good, God is good. We don't think that. We think, what's wrong with God? Why did you let this happen to me? If you really love me, you wouldn't fill in the blank. And we put these stipulations on God that if he doesn't do these certain things. I really felt like I was supposed to share this, so I'm going to share it. If you can identify In your life, the thing that God's not allowed to touch, you can find why Jesus is sitting in the boat with you. Are y'all okay? If you can find it. Now listen, this is going to get like personal and I'm not apologizing because I love y'all. I've heard people say this and I just give them credit because they were willing to say what a lot of us think. I'm cool with Jesus, but if anything ever happens to my kids, I'm out. If you got kids today, I hope that y'all can, can kind of understand where that would be coming from. Because if you can't, maybe you don't love your kids like we do. Because i just got to be real with y'all today. I'm not cool with it if something happens to my kids. I'm not cool with it. But I'd still walk with God. Because no matter what happens, I want Jesus in the boat with me. Because he leads, and I'll follow. If I think that God has ordained me to lead and He follows, hey God, I got this idea and it'll be really cool. If you could just like give me your stamp of approval, it'd be really fun. I'm really, really not cool with something happened to Leah because she is much more independent than me. I'm just telling y'all, I got the best woman in the whole world as a wife. I'm serious; she's amazing. And I just had this thought this week. I, I'm not speaking anything. I'm not speaking death over my relationship. I, I believe that Lee and I are going to grow old together, but I just thought this. Would you still trust me if that was part of my plan? And I just, I just had to have this moment with God where I said yes, but I don't like it. Like I, I feel a lot of pushback in my heart. What if the church failed? Because this is a baby that I asked you to birth. But I took you away for whatever reason. Would you be cool with it? Would you be cool if the only thing you were called to do is encourage people and no one ever saw you? Would you be cool with that? It's real good preaching to say, yes, Lord. I'm good with all of it. I'm there. But it's real honest to say, I don't know. I hope so. But I do know this. I do know that the only way to the other side is on the boat. And I do know that many of us have wanted to get to the other side, but as soon as the storm comes, we run to the side. Because do y'all know that when it comes to being in the water, as long as I got my toes in the sand, I'm safe as can be. And I can get out and I can walk to safety. But as soon as I get out in open water, I don't care how good of a swimmer you are, or how good you are at navigating through storms. If you got no compass and no light, and there's no way, listen to me, for you to control it, it ain't good. But watch this, I believe it's the only way to peace. You know, so many of us have looked at our lives and said if I can just, if I can just have a peaceful life, and we run away from the storm that God put in our lives and we miss, listen, Jesus. And it's because we so want a tranquil life in our minds that we are unwilling to drink of the still waters of his voice, of his life, of his, of his way. We're unwilling to go into his courts because it's so scary in there. Y'all, let's be honest today as a family. It is scary. It is scary. Everybody that tells me the safest place to be in the middle of God's will, I, can I just tell y'all the truth? I want to look at them and say, have you ever been there? Because that ain't safe. But it's way better than anything else that anybody can experience. It is good. It is, it is the sweetest place. Because immediately a peace comes over you when Jesus gets in with you. When he, when he cooperates with your life. So the question you've got to ask yourself is, will you do what that word "frighten" means and run? Or will you do what God keeps pushing in my brain all week? This is the word, y'all, that I have heard dozens and dozens of I cannot get this out of my mind. God is not asking you to win. God is not asking you to be good. He's asking you to stand. He's asking you not to quit and stand. He's asking you to stand. He's asking you to stand up and be his. He's asking you to say, I don't know what the crud this looks like and I don't get it. And I. Don't really want that to happen, but I'm going to stand. I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to run away. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand on your promises. I'm going to stand on the solid rock that's Jesus. I'm going to trust you through all of these things. And I may not like it, and I can be honest enough to be real and say I don't like everything that's happening. But I'm going to stand and not run because my two choices are to stand or to sprint the other way. I will stand. Here's what happens when you stand. Do not, do not be anxious about anything. Easy for you to say, Paul. But in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, why did he have to add that one? Are y'all with me? Well, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, but we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. Let your request may be, known, uh, be made known to God. And it says the peace of God. Somebody say peace. That passes all understanding will guard our heart and mind what does it look like to bring Jesus in the boat Philippians 4 and so what what's the result when Jesus is with us and we're walking with him it is not just something we're talking about but it's something we begin to flesh out we stand on the promises of God what does it look like for that to happen Revelation 7 says for the Lamb In the midst of the throne will be their shepherd and he will be their guide to spring, to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I want y'all to know that this is a picture of what will be in heaven, but I don't want y'all to miss this. I do not believe that that has to be in heaven. I believe you can experience that here and now. I believe God's purpose for your life is to experience the culture of heaven today on this planet. But that cannot happen if he's not in the boat and you haven't stood pat. And as soon as you run away, this is what we miss. That the, that the water that God offers us, the spring of living water, that he leads us beside that still water that we can drink from him every day. It goes away. Because we try to find it on our own. Y'all, it's going to be terrible sometimes. John said in verse, chapter 16, verse 33, you will face trials and tribulations of many kind, but take heart, I've already overcome the world. So here's my question for y'all. Are you standing? Or every time thunder rolls, do you run? Because I'm so thankful y'all are in this place today. But I want you to know that this isn't your safe place. This is a place we can encourage each other and love each other, and we will in Jesus' name. But your safe place is one-on-one with the King. One-on-one with the Lord, where you come with thanksgiving saying, I don't get that, and I'm not even happy about my circumstance. But I'm so thankful that you love me first, and that you continue to love me, and that your promises cannot ever be missed. Cannot ever go against me. So I may not know how it's gonna happen But I'm standing on your word and today I believe and I will walk with you So I just wonder Am I talking to anybody in the room? Because y'all a relationship isn't real if you're willing to run every time something difficult comes a Relationship isn't ever gonna be healthy if every time it doesn't look the way that we want it to look we run for the hills and I'm here to tell you it ain't gonna look the way that we thought it was gonna look but I can tell you to look around today and say it'll be better if you trust him will you pray with me I believe for some of you in this moment of ministry I believe for some of you a relationship with Jesus is what you need And to start a relationship with Jesus, you've got to say, I choose to follow you. If your life is a living chaotic mess and you feel there's nowhere to turn, the only place to turn is Jesus. The only place to turn is Jesus, y'all. And that starts by saying, you're my Lord. I believe you died for me and rose again. I choose to follow you today and call you Lord and Savior. I just want to know, is there anybody in the room that say, I stand with Jesus. I choose to follow him. I want to make him my Lord and Savior. If that's you, will you just slip your hand up and say, that's me. Come on, all over the room. I just want you to throw your hand up. Thank you. Will you keep it up high? Just throw your hand up high and say, that's me. That's me. That's me. There's two hands right here and right here. I want you to know that I celebrate your decision to follow Jesus. And we have people that want to help you take your first steps with Jesus in the back. As soon as service is over, that they want to help you begin that walk with Jesus and what that really looks like and what it means. But I just believe not just salvation today because I'm so excited that two people said I want to start a relationship with Jesus but I want to know if I'm talking anybody that has a relationship with Jesus and every time that it's come you felt like running I'm not going to ridicule you if you don't want to stand I'm cool with it I, I feel really settled in my heart that I did what I was supposed to do but I just want to offer you an opportunity to stand if you would say in this room I don't know what it's going to look like, and I'm not really settling my heart on everything. I know it's things that I'll have to cross when I get there, but I don't just want to pass the lesson. I want to pass the test. And I want to go to the other side, and I want Jesus' promises to come to fruition. I want to drink from the still waters that God promised me. I'm ready to stand. If that's you, I just want you to stand to your feet in this room. Stand to your feet all over the room and say, that's me, Pastor felt like you were talking to me, that's me. God, I'm just so thankful for what you've done. I'm thankful for your promises and I'm thankful when it's hard, when we don't feel like standing, when we feel like running, when it doesn't look like what we wanted it to look like. When all hell's breaking loose all around us, we can trust you and that when you enter the boat with us, peace comes. Peace comes. Absolute peace. We get to the other side. God, help us realize that it's you. You're the only way. You're the only hope. And God, help us remember that when we run, when we fight, when we flee, when we do anything but stand on your promises, we lose sight of you You're our only hope. You're the only hope for this country. You're the only hope for this world. And Lord, when our people, when your people who are called by your name will humble ourselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our ways, then we'll hear from heaven and you'll heal our land. God, I believe that you made us, us, the people of God how that healing takes place, because through us, you will do it. And so, God, we just yield ourselves to you, commit ourselves to you. We lift up our hands and we say thank you for the blessed assurance that you are mine. We love you, Jesus, and we stand on your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Y'all stand and sing with us.